Good morning, Barks Callers. This is the seventh episode of the Barkley Pets bi-weekly podcast. Today's episode will focus on the different types of equipment you'll likely have to use during your dog walks. I'll specifically go through the different collars, harnesses, and briefly touch on leashes and muzzles. On the next episode, I'll venture off into the dog park and speak with various dog owners on their equipment preferences. Before kicking off the education piece, I want to remind everybody how important it is to know exactly how to put on and use different equipment. If you have any doubts or questions, please, please, please reach out to Barkley Support and we'll provide the appropriate resources to educate you. This is important for your safety and the safety of the dog. Let's kick off with a few different types of collars you guys might encounter, as well as some of their pros and cons. The first one is the flat collar. This is also called the buckle or clip collar. They're pretty standard and you'll probably see them on most of the dogs that you're walking. They're very easy to fit and use, and a lot of the time, well actually most of the time, they're really just used to to show a dog's tag. They're called no action collars because their purpose is not necessarily to correct the dog's behavior. The martingale collar is another type, also referred to as the limited slip collar, since it tightens around the dog's neck when they pull. But there is of course a limit on how far it will tighten or close. This is a great collar for dogs that have very narrow heads or small ears to prevent them from slipping off. However, if this collar is not properly fit to the dog, it could add a little pressure on the throat. The choke collar is also known as the slip collar, training, or correction collar. It's a one length chain that has two metal rings on each end where one part is slit through the ring on the opposite end before placing it over the dog's head. This collar does not have a limit when the dog pulls and it will constrict tightly around the dog's neck when pulled. The collar could be effective but it needs to be used properly, otherwise it has a lot of adverse risks such as tracheal damage or it might result in harsh correction which could create unwanted behavioral issues like aggression. Now the prong collar. This was originally created to act as a mother's dog bite. It's made of links which face inward on the dog's neck. The prongs are designed to protrude in the dog's neck producing an unpleasant pinch. Similar to the choke collar, if properly used, it can be effective, but it is a difficult collar for the average dog owner to properly fit. In general, these are the four types of collars you'll come across. Another type of equipment that you'll encounter is a harness. In my opinion, a properly fit harness is a great way to walk a dog because it takes off all the pressure from the neck and also some harnesses are designed to manage pulling. The back clip harness is exactly what it sounds like. It clips on the dog's back. It's gentle and really great for dogs of all sizes. However, it doesn't reduce pulling. In fact, it makes it easier for the dog to pull with the harness. Also, since the harness is around their body, there's no control over the dog's head. So for those street snackers, it's really easy to get a bite out of that New York pizza. The front clip harness, on the other hand, will clip in the front for the purpose to limit the pulling power of a moderate puller without pain or neck pressure. The downside with this is that it chafes the skin under under the arms of dogs, especially with little fur, so it shouldn't be worn during heavy workout, um, like running or playing around. Some dogs might also be too small for the harness and they could slip out if it's not fit properly. The head halter is not a harness, but it is a similar theme. This is a very common piece of equipment to be used on a dog that's pulling very hard. It's not a muzzle, even though it does loop around the dog's nose. A lot of dogs don't adjust well to the head halter because it is an odd piece of equipment 
And a lot of dog owners tend not to ease into it, but instead they just put it right on their dog. This equipment really should be fitted properly and the dog should get well adjusted to it in advance. It is recommended that the dog wear the head halter around the house for a good week, even just for a few minutes a day, so they can get comfortable with this equipment. You will of course have different types of leashes, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. The one piece of advice about the leash is to be careful of its length. You will be walking the dogs on the sidewalk and it's important to keep a short leash so you are able to react to any obstacles that come along your way fast. Now, you may have some dogs that wear muzzles. Make sure to speak with the owner and possibly arrange a meet and greet in advance so you understand the reason for the muzzle and learn how to put it on properly. A muzzle is generally used as an aggression-based tool, so if you're not comfortable working with a dog that requires a muzzle, please communicate that with the owner and us. It's important that both the dog walker and the dogs are safe. That said, there are some owners who use a muzzle to prevent their dogs from eating garbage, which is why a meet and greet is so important in advance to understand the purpose of why the dog is wearing this muzzle. Lastly, I wanted to quickly discuss a few bark correction collars, like the shock collar or the citronella spray. Now, these are all personal choices for the owners to use on their dog, regardless of how much I disapprove of them or maybe you might disapprove of them. But I do like to talk about some of the adverse effects on these collars because they definitely have more adverse effects than benefits. Specifically, Think about these type of collars. They're not smart. They're activated by sound. So they won't know when the dog is barking out of fear, guarding, excitement, which we now know are just the many ways that dogs communicate with us. If the collar causes the dog a shock, for example, when they're barking out of excitement, this could trigger a fear in the dog when they're just trying to tell you how excited they are to see you. Now again, like I said, these are personal choices for the owners, but it is important for everybody to be educated on the impact that these collars might have on the dogs. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a good amount on equipment. I know we have covered some of these equipment during our walker onboarding, but it's always a good refresher. If you are keen on recommending any specific equipment to a customer, please do so with tact and with coordinated communication with Barkley Support. In our next episode, like I said, I'll venture into the dog park and talk to different dog owners about their equipment preferences. I'll specifically be asking dog owners on why they choose a specific type of equipment. Now until next time, happy walking!